Welcome to Deepening Our Faith, a podcast series by the National Office for Evangelization. If you have any questions, please visit us, evangelizeaustralia.com. Enjoy. to talk a little bit about the compendium of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I'm going to speak to you about the third part of the compendium, and that's on the moral life. I thought I might start by posing two questions to you. And you might want to hit your pause button on your DVD as I ask these questions, and just to think about each one individually. The first question is this. If you were to think about the two or three really big moral issues that are around today, what do you think those two or three big moral issues would be? So you might want to just pause for a moment and have a think a little bit about that. The second question I want to ask you is this. When you woke up this morning, or when you go to bed tonight, what are the sort of questions that are on your mind there? What are the day-to-day sort of questions that uh, are perhaps bothering you or things you need to work through? The sorts of things that perhaps are on your mind when you go to bed at night or when you wake up in the morning. I'm going to come back to those two questions at the end. So you might just want to store away your thoughts about that for a moment. The question that I want to begin with for myself is this. Where do we start when we start to think about the moral life? Perhaps we have all have a tendency to start with uh, a question about something. Is it right or wrong to do X? Is it good or bad? What do I need to do in this situation given these circumstances? I think that's the way we all begin to think about uh, moral questions. What that does though is it tends to put us immediately into a framework of trying to answer the issue. And so we might take for instance a particular issue and then apply one of, say, the commandments, one of the Ten Commandments. And when we do so, we then start to think, well, does everyone agree with me on this point? And the commandment might be, let's say, the commandment, thou shalt not kill. And it's in relation to some matter of that. But then we start to think, well, I believe that this commandment applies in this situation. But not everyone agrees with me on that. Some people don't even believe in that particular commandment in all circumstances. So we start to have this situation when we look at an issue of disagreements between people over what way we should act. Is this right thing to do? Is it wrong? Is this generally good or bad? So when we start from that point I think we can very easily get to a situation 
of something like a quagmire where none of us kind of are real sure what, what the situation is and how we might answer it. I think the church is aware of that reality because when the church starts to talk about the moral life, it does not start with issues and it does not start with the Ten Commandments. Instead, the church starts by wanting to tell a story. This is a story that comes out of our faith and out of the gospel, but it also comes out of our experience as human beings. It's the story in the end that is not just about what we do in the moral life, but more about who is involved in that moral life. Not just about the content, but also and more particularly about the shape of the life that we are to live. And when we start from that point, we do not start with what is right or wrong, what is good or bad, but we start with who's here involved in this situation? Not what, but who. So that story is the story that the church tries to tell first. It's the story that begins, in other words, with persons. So the person is at the centre of the moral life, not the Ten Commandments, but people. And you know, just as well as I, that we have persons to lean towards in helping us to understand this life, most particularly the persons of the Trinity and the human person, Jesus Christ. So when we talk about the story of who in our moral life, we talk about Jesus. So for Christians, and certainly in terms of the catechism, when we talk about the moral life, we're talking about our life in Christ, our life in the Holy Spirit, our life towards the Father. The church, in telling this story first, the story of who, not what, wants to teach us something about how we then approach a discussion about the moral life. I'm sure you know that when we talk about what we are teaching, we have a special word in the Catholic Church. We talk about it as catechesis, a learning, a teaching and a learning. So what does the church want to help us to learn first in terms of the moral life? And the catechism itself helps us to understand that. It gives a series of points of learning. The starting point is the Holy Spirit and grace. And then we learn about the Beatitudes, the blessed are, as Jesus talked of them. We move then 
to sin in the wonderful gift of forgiveness and on to the virtues. And then we are to learn about the twofold commandment to love God and to love one another and to understand that all of this that we may learn happens within the arms, if you like, of our mother, the church. But first and last in this catechesis, in this learning, is the person of Jesus. I hope you noticed as I was going through those points of learning that the question of commandment came quite late in the list. Holy Spirit, grace, beatitudes, sin and forgiveness, virtue, and then the twofold commandment of love. So the commandments are there within the picture. But to see the full horizon of our moral vision, we need to see them within the entirety of that horizon. In this sense, I think we can talk about the focus of a Christian moral life as being threefold. We have a focus on Jesus Christ. If you like, he is our goal. He has shown us the way that we can go. Then there is our own humanity. And we know that we have a purpose because God has created us to have that purpose. And thirdly, there is sanctification, the living of a holy life. And that's the journey from understanding our purpose to our goal in Jesus Christ. So that threefold focus of Jesus, of our own humanity, of our sanctifying journey. That's what is the main focus of the Christian moral life as the Catechism points, points out to us. There's a certain distinctiveness around this. All human beings, of course, are called to live a moral life. But how do we Christians bring about a distinctiveness to this life? Well, this too is threefold. Firstly, we have a worldview from which we live. This worldview comes out of our experience as human beings, from what we learn in the sacred scriptures, so our evangelical uh, uh, imperative, if you like. What we also learn from the, the wise thinking of the church down through the ages that comes to us in the teachings of the church, including in the catechism. So this is our worldview. All of these various sources which we draw on to give us a picture of how we might live. The second aspect of the distinctiveness is that we actually live this worldview. So it's not just something that we might read in a book and then say, that's one worldview, here's another one, we might pick and choose. No, we, we have this worldview, we commit ourselves to it, and we seek to live by it. So the worldview, the living of it. But here's the crux. How do we live it well? And this is the living of the moral life. So we have the worldview, 
we commit ourselves to living it, but then we need to consider how to live it well. How do I live my life well? According to the worldview that I've received from the Lord and from the teachings of the church and from experience. So that's how the distinctiveness of a Christian moral life is structured. Think of it in this way as an example. We have a worldview as Christians that, God, that we are made in God's image. That I am and you are truly the image of God, his likeness. That's our worldview. That worldview is lived perhaps in the, in the sense of talking about the dignity of every human person. So we made in God's image, but that's lived out by way of a dignified human life and recognise the dignity of every human life. But how do we move from our image, made in God's image, to dignity, to living that well? Well, one way is that we, we have a prohibit we prohibit killing. So we can see there a way of living well the dignity that we draw from the image. So from worldview to lived worldview to the worldview lived well. That way of thinking about the distinctiveness of the Christian moral life also gives us something of the structure of our moral life. And like the focus, which was threefold, Jesus Christ, humanity, sanctification, and like the distinctiveness of the moral life, our worldview lived and lived well, we can talk about the basic moral structure in a threefold way. And I want to suggest to you here that our Christian moral structure is something like a house. So if you think about a house for a moment. In a house, you start with the foundations. Normally you can't see the foundations. Everything else is built on top of it. But you know that without the foundations, nothing above is secure. Likewise, if you just see the foundations on the ground of, of some building, you don't yet know what it's going to look like above it. So we need our foundations for security, but the foundations don't give us the full picture. Some of the foundations that we have in our Christian moral life are things that I've already mentioned. Our understanding of the human life as being made in God's image what we have received from the Bible and particularly from the Gospels, what our tradition has taught us and what has come down to us in the teachings of the church, like the compendium of the Catechism. So there, if you like, our foundations. Then in our moral structure, we need a frame on those foundations. The frame gives us the basic shape. Certainly the foundations give solidity to that shape, 
but the shape itself comes from the foundations, uh, from the framework. In the Catholic moral tradition, that framework comes mainly through what we know as the natural moral law. You will know that very particularly in the Ten Commandments, but also in things like the virtues, both the Christian virtues, the theological virtues, and the moral virtues, and also other principles by which uh, we live our lives. For instance, that you cannot do evil, that good may come of it. So these, if you like, combine together to give us the framework of our moral house. But we still don't know what the kitchen looks like, do we? So to complete our house, we need not only the foundations and the framework, but also the facade. And the facade in the Catholic moral structure is mainly made up of the ways in which we have learnt to deliberate in um, effective ways. So the church proposes a number of uh, principles around that, manners in which we can actually help ourselves to uh, think about moral situations in each of their specific and concrete realities. So there you have it, the Catholic moral house, if you like. It's got its foundations in things like our, our belief in the being made in the image of God. It has its framework in our understanding of, say, the natural moral law. And it has its facade, helping us to deliberate in specific concrete situations. Those three points you might think of in a, in a specific way. For instance, one of the foundations upon which our Catholic moral understanding is rested is the sanctity of all human life. So it's a foundational reality, the sanctity of all human life. But just saying that in itself doesn't give us enough to make concrete decisions. We also need the framework. And you know the commandment, you shall not kill. So foundations around sanctity of life, a framework which tells us the limits to that foundation, so we cannot kill. But you also know that there are situations where life is taken. An example of that might be war. So it's not enough just to have the foundation and the framework. We need the facade. And in the example that I'm trying to develop here with you, we would then need to consider that the commandment not to kill is specified in not directly killing innocent life. So if you like, that's, that gives us the fuller picture. Starting with sanctity of life, recognising that we should not take life and seeing that specifically in not killing innocent life. So 
Hopefully, when you come to pick up the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and particularly part three, <coughs> as you do so, you'll notice that it does not begin with the commandments. It begins with a statement of our vocation, our life in the Holy Spirit. And so that's the first section of our life in Christ, the third part of the compendium. The second section goes through the commandments, each one by themselves, but not just in terms of what can and cannot be done in relation to each of those commandments, but also to help us to understand the fuller picture, the fuller vision. So when you come to making your way through part three of the Catechism, just be mindful that to get to the full picture that the Church presents to us, we can't really start with just the Ten Commandments. We can't just start with what it is. We need to look at who, to Jesus Christ, to ourselves, and our living of that life in Jesus. And so as I come to the end, I'll bring you back to those two questions we started with. Two or three of the big moral issues of today and a couple of the things that you woke up with this morning or will go to bed with tonight. And I just want to say to you about those two questions. I hope that you might now look to them not by just going to the question itself, but now to consider that we need to look at them in the broader picture, the wider horizon of the moral life that the church teaches to us, that we look to Christ, to ourselves in our humanity, to our foundations and our frameworks and our facades, so that when we come to consider those questions, we do so not with a shrunken horizon, but with a wide vision that the Church gives to us in its teachings. If you would like more information about what you've just heard, please contact us at info at evangelizeaustralia.com or visit our website evangelizeaustralia.com.